everybody. It's your girl, Hado. And your girl, Halima. And welcome to Let's Talk Bantus. Okay, and today we have a special guest that goes by the name of Abdul. Hey, Abdul, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, uh, thank you, Halima and uh, Hado, first of all, for inviting me to your show. Uh, yes, my name is Abdul, Abdullahi, uh, Abdullah Kumagadir. A uh, little bit about myself. Let's see. I am one of the founders of the international uh, indoor tournaments, uh, the soccer, and also the Sawali uh, Bantu Football Federation. And I am very glad to be here. Uh, hopefully, I can help you guys uh, discuss some of these issues, inshallah. Thank you. Thank you for coming by. Okay, so uh, today's topic. We're going to speak about two um, different topics that are really kind of targeted towards the youth of our community. Halima, are you here? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So first, um, I kind of want to start off with some questions. And either one of you guys can answer this, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, So the first question that I had, well, first... um, when we speak about gun violence, obviously there's gun violence within, you know, gun violence towards, like, the cops and the black community. There's gun violence towards, you know, just within our own community. Like, you know, our people killing our own people, you know? So my question is, like, what is your main concern when it comes to, like, gun violence? Halima, you want to go first? I was going to tell you to go. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'll go first. I mean, um, so, uh, can you go ahead and repeat the question again? I apologize. Uh, hello? Yeah. Did you guys Do you mind repeating the question one more time? Yeah. Sorry, so I'm my... sometimes slow. No, it's okay. <laughs> so my question is, what is your main concern when it comes to gun violence? Because like I just said, there's gun violence within like the police brutality, you know, and then there's gun violence within like black on black crime. So like our own people killing our own people. So what is your main concern when it comes to like gun violence? Me, me uh, personally, it's just, you know, gun violence, whether it's uh, police brutality or whether it's just, you know, uh, the street violence or whatever the case is. And I think it's just, you know, it's affecting not just people on the street, but everybody, all of us, because, uh, you know, young kids, you know, are dying, you know, older, the you know, the age group varies, but mostly it's the youth, the people that are coming up that are, uh, uh, what would you call, uh, the people that are, ex, you know, exposed or vulnerable, you know, youth mm-hmm. that are vulnerable to turn into the streets, and then they're kind of hitting puberty, you know, through puberty, you know, some of these kids may be misguided, whatever the case is, so Basically, the concern is we're losing a lot of young people, whether it's through the police or whether through, you know, black on black on crime, black on white crime, or whatever gun violence in general. I think a lot of young people are not fulfilling their potential because of gun violence. I agree. Halima, do you want to ask? Um. Yeah. Well. If, I guess the the whole black on black crime and like the police brutality thing, they're two different two different topic talking points. I think when it comes to gun violence and the police, um, the police should know better. There's protocols to these things, 
um, and, you know, crazily speaking, if we're talking about race, um, the police know damn well. They be knowing. They be knowing exactly what they're doing. You don't see, like, police officers, of course, you know, there's high rates of, like, white people who get gunned down by police officers. But, of course, it's because the white people are the majority in the country. It still just doesn't make, you know what, let me not even get, to, get into that. Um, just the overall, overall, I feel like, um, yeah, gun violence does really affect, you know, people who aren't even involved in the streets. It's not even just, like, a lot of people assume that it's just them dealing with these things, but it's like, yeah, your homie got shot, but that your homie isn't just your homie. Your homie has family. He has brothers, sisters, cousins, mm-hmm. friends, uncles, mm-hmm. and everybody always wants to, you know, get the revenge, you know, get their lick back. And it's like, none of that fixes anything. Because at the end of the day, you got your lick back. Now that, now he, the dude you just, the dude you just, um, the dude you just got, he has family too. He has cousins, friends, uncles, aunts, like, I feel like it's very never ending. And I feel like more people need to start discussing you know, gun safety. Um, yeah, I think that's the main concern. The main concern is gun safety because I feel like people are always going to have weapons on them. People are always going to, you know, go out looking for revenge, all that. But as long as, like, people understand, you know, the power that these weapons have, until then, I feel like no, nothing can really get fixed. And, but, yeah. Thank you. I agree. And for me, I think both of them is really important issues or topics to discuss, you know, whether it's black on black crime or just um, the police brutality, you know, like obviously the police brutality, like where they come from is a place of evilness, a place of like they want to do this harm to our community. But when it comes to our own community doing this to each other, it's kind of to me, it's just like, it makes no sense and I don't understand like I want to know like where that begins you know like where do people get off from hurting each other you know especially because I know these kids like they see the news they see what's going on they see people saying like you know stop doing this you know this is not something that's good or useful to the community yet they still do it you know so for me I want to understand why or like how they even process going through something like you know what this is what I want to do and just ruin my life. Okay. Um, so uh, just kind of a recall on Halima. Can you guys still hear me? Yes. Yeah. All right. So Halima talked about, uh, like she talked about, um, you know, kind of when a little bit both uh, started out with uh, the police, mainly the police uh, and, you know, how unfair and, you know, racial profiling this and that. But we're not going to get into that. But I like how she mentioned gun safety, which um, I think that's, you know, probably one way. But uh, me, I would have to disagree a little bit. I mean, that's that's a factor. But um, and sorry, Halima, you know, I still love you. But uh, (laughs) I I have to disagree on you on the air. So that's not uh, always a bad thing. Uh, but I think um, it's the gun safety, yes, and, you know, that's something that, you know, people could do. But, you know, I mean, us as Bantu community, gun violence, this is like, the, you know, it's always been happening. But this is the, you know, this is because we're, we're coming up to the 
second generation wave of Bantu people growing up. The first generation is the parents that brought us here and then some of the older. Now the second generation wave, they are growing up. You know, they don't have really a background. Well, now it becomes our problem, too, because we're growing up the same neighborhood that these things are happening. And it's always been a problem whether people, like these people that are using guns, it's not like they don't, they lack gun safety. They know the danger of guns. Mm-hmm. That's that's not the problem. I mean, people have been using guns for years and years. They know the different safety. They're not shooting themselves, so it's not a cause of gun safety. It's more of like, it's you know, I think it's just like a, either it's it's a problem. It's probably a you know a poverty problem. Uh, you know, it's it's more like an institutional problem. If we dig back, it becomes an institution problem. For us as Somalibantu people. So what we don't, we kind of need to focus on it's, you know, how, uh, how do I, I think she went about, she's like, how do people choose this life, you know, because it doesn't make sense. Yes. But from, if we look at it from the perspective, because you and I are standing at a different perspective, it, you know, we see the, the coin or the different side of it. To them, it's a head. To us, it's a tails. And then we're always going to argue one way until we go to the other side to see, okay, why it makes sense. And the reason being is, I mean, people start out when they're, like, young kids, you know. Um, and the reason being is because, you know, the the commitment in the, the, the household, it's limited. And, you know, this is not, like, to point fingers at the parents because these are, like, working parents and, you know, they're living in these neighborhoods because that's the neighborhoods they can afford to live. And then they, that's neighborhood is just the class level. That's just the class level. It's just the way society just happened to be. And these kids, because Ayalka, and the problem is, you know, 80% of the learning, the growth happens outside of the house because 80% of the time the kids are either at school, you know, hanging out with friends, whatever the case. So they, whatever influence they pick up from the outside. And so because the parents have to work to make a living, you know, they're in poverty. It's not like they got, you know, uh, a flexible time. They have to work a certain time because they're working for the man. So, mm-hmm. it's so they're limited. So they're so, you know, institutionally, unless there are, like, programs. Some people have, like, programs that are in place, you know, get kids maybe through sports and stuff like that. When that's not available, you know, kids are going to find something to do. Somebody else is going to influence them. And it's probably not the person you want them influenced. Maybe it's the local drug dealer, whatever the case is. Yeah. And then you don't know until one day people think, oh, well, Inanka Domode was just in that. No, he's, he's, you know, this kid's been like, you just haven't seen it. And then when you've seen it, it was too late, you know. So those are the problems that us as a Bantu, how we have to look into. And and uh, I think to help us, sometimes uh, we lack understanding, you know, because you and I, we haven't lived that life, so we lack understanding. And mm. we, when when the kids, when we find out, you know, as like for example, if I'm a I'm a father, you know, I grew up in a you know, society. I grew up is different. You know, back home, it's, things were different. You know, we were in a more collective, you know, culture. You know, here in the Western, it's like individual culture. It's you know outweighs the collective culture. People are more independent. So when we find out in outcome, well, I assume like the kid is not the way I thought he was going to come out. So we panic as a parent, and then we want to say, oh, you know, not this way, this and that. But really, there's another way to handle it. And it's not the parent's fault because they never have to deal with that issue. 
So yeah. they don't know how to sit down and talk to it because they just to them it's taboos. Like how like Amar Ilahi well, you know, Amara Jira Sanway Saswe, you know, that's how it's gonna be because to them it's taboo. Like how could they? You know, I've been I put them through Duxi, has you know, people start to it's just because it we're in a situation that we as a parent from a parent's perspective, you're in a situation that you just never thought it could happen to you. You always thought you know, it was somebody else's kid that would come and influence your kid. And then when you find out it was your kid, and mm-hmm. then you just like, now you get on your kid. How dare you? Yeah, wait, this and that. And then guess what? That just pushes the kids more farther. He's like, well, nobody, you know, yells at me like this in the street. They accept me there. So I'm better off there. Mm-hmm. You know, these are kids, they don't, they don't really rationalize things like an adult because, you know, their brain doesn't develop into that. The average human body... You know, have achievement. The, our brains don't fully develop till age 25. So, with the kids, they're just you know, to you and me, we probably see like, okay, there's no way the street life is better than whatever your parents are telling you. But to them, at that time, it is because I don't want mom and dad nagging on me when I'm out with my friends. You know, I'm gonna have a butt. You know, this and that. Maybe I take a hit of you know. Whatever that's gonna calm me down. This stuff. So I don't need that negativity. This and that. But but if, they, if we took another approach, it could be different. If we listen to them, there's something led to where they are. You know, they didn't one day wake up and then they're just like, you know what? I'm I'm just I'm I'm just gonna go to the street, man. That's not what happened. So. I don't. You guys go ahead and see if you can add into a few things. But that that's my my takeaway from the uh, the gun violence situation, and then our kids falling into the street, and then how we kind of dealing with it. You know, we you know instead of solving the problem, you know, we doing it out of love, but unintentionally, without intending, we're actually pushing them away. Yes. You know what I mean? Without intending, like the intention is to get the kid. You know, you yell at them. Maybe they, but. But they they build different than mm-hmm. our parents. You know, they yeah. build different. This is a diff- they live. They're growing in a different world. The world that our parents grew up in is a different world. It's different. It so is. So the g- generational gap, it's the, you know, it it's kind of stops the parents from progress through reaching their kids because they're still trying to raise their kid the way they were raised. These are the you know these are the iPad age. You know these are YouTube kids. It's different. Yeah. Yeah. So so you're basically that's, that's, just it's a lot of breach in, in there, you know. There's a lot yeah. of, like, you know, obstacles in place. Yes. Um. So, you know, a lot of um, Black Americans, you know, they obviously, they experienced this, like, way longer than we have, you know, with their kids growing up in the hoods. And But basically what they say is, they, they I, don't, I wouldn't necessarily say they, they gave up, but, like, their excuse for not, like, trying so hard with their children is that they say oh they're just a product of their environment you know so I'm wondering if that's a sense for our kids like if we're in a an environment where our kids are easily influenced with this type of behavior like are are we making our kids a product of our environment like would you blame the parents for choosing to live in poverty and like the hood and those areas instead of like trying to reach out and go into like the more suburban area would you guys blame the parents um no, I wouldn't. Okay, also, okay, I'll take that. I get it where you're coming from. I guess it's not gun safety, whatever. Um, I agree with you, um, Abdul. Um, with the with that question though, I feel like um, 
our parents, like like y'all said, like y'all said in the beginning, they're first generation. Like this is the first time in America, and when our parents came to America, in their mind they were like, yeah. This is conquerable. Like, we're really going to make this work for us. We're mm-hmm. going to have the life that we wanted that we couldn't get back home. And so, you know, they come to America with these all these dreams and these goals. And then it's like you come here and you realize that the money, that the money be talking. And if you don't really got it already, um, you're going to have to work way harder to get it. And it's like... Um, for a lot of parents, we come in here, we get help, we get assistance from the government, and so you you're stuck in you you go you live where you're you know you you put where you put and you mm-hmm. live there, and then you end up moving. You know you try to move up because I feel like nobody's parents are really sitting there like, yeah, I want to live in this neighborhood. I know it's not good for my kids, but forget it. Like I'm not gonna work harder for none of this. Like I don't think anybody's parents are really thinking that. They're just. Are you sure? I mean. Nope. Are you sure? Because I think culturally, our people, like, they seem to be okay with what is just given to them. You know, they think, you know what, if I just stay in this situation, I don't have to work hard to provide for this or get this or get this. Like, as much as we would want them to, like, you know, want to get out that situation. But I think a lot of our parents are comfortable with the government providing for them. So they're comfortable in their situation. Yeah. Maybe I'm just talking about my parents. You have something to say, Abdul? Yeah, Abdul's going to go ahead. I'm going to be the devil's advocate here. And I'm going to defend the parents a little bit here. And uh, just because I want to get into their shoes. Because, see, there's like there's different perspectives to see these problems. Like, mm-hmm. until we all, you know, step away from our side and go to the other, all the other sides and try to see it, I don't think we'd be able to solve it. Because the way, like, okay, I'm a little bit older than you guys. The way I see it would be different than the way you see it would be different. And then the way the mm-hmm. parents see it would be different. And then the way the kid that was just born here, like, have no memory of before. Mm-hmm. You know, the refugee life and stuff, it's going to be different. Because they're just yeah, I, kids I, that I, are here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So as a parent, uh, yes, it's probably true. Some people are just lazy. Just lazy. There's going to be lazy people in the world, whether they're Bantu or not, whatever the race they are. Some people are lazy. Some people are not. But, you know, imagine yourself as a parent. You came here, a country, you have no idea, you know, you know, pretty much like you came to the country, you don't know the language, um, you know, you don't know anything about the country, this and that, and you brought in some kids. Your kids are really, you know, your eyes and ears because, you know, you're hoping that your kids learn English for the first, you know, couple of years, and then there are your eyes and ears. They're like, you're, they pretty much help you communicate. And if your kids are young enough, you know, that kind of gives them a way. You know, you can see kids, like, writing, you know, themselves, uh, you know, uh, they're sign- having to sign their own filter permission slip on this and that. And then after they grow up, they start to realize, well, you know, it, they can get away with things because now, like, they're they're in charge when, you know, far away from responsibility. They, they've taken no responsibility early. So as the parents, like, when they come here, First of all, uh, you know, it's not a whether of choosing or not choosing because first thing first, you don't have a choice. This is where, you know, you're starting out. This is it. Um, you know, and then the other thing is they are obligated. And a lot of these people, they left families behind. So it's not like they come here, they only have to focus to living their life. And then I feel like they, they could have probably got moved away, make the move, the transition away from the hood a little bit earlier. 
But, I mean, you're talking about you're making, like, you know, low-class income, and you have to serve, like, you have to, like, um, uh, you, you have to basically sponsor other families, family members back home. And how that, you know, that money's not going to get you far, right? So after a while, it's easier for you to just accept, like, okay, if I'm going to get some money from, you know, the government, this and that, that's why it's tempting. It's not good. Because you know it turns them, it turns people into like you know non-productive you know people. But but there's but there's they, a, but yeah. the, I think with that that point that you just made, like honestly, I think if our parents like let's say that it I understand like it is hard to provide for a family. So why do they keep producing more and more if they know like okay, my uh, kids are struggling as it is in this environment. So why did they, and I'm only asking questions that I think the viewers might ask, by the way. So I'm just right. wondering, like, why would they keep producing kids in this environment if they know, number one, they're already struggling to provide for the kids that they already have. Number two, all the kids are bad. Like, they're just being, and they're just in a terrible environment, obviously, and they can't control their kids. So at, at, at some point, like, I feel like they just keep having kids because they just gave up on the kids that they already had. And that's just from what I've seen in my experience from a household with a lot of kids, and all the kids are bad. So why do they so, keep producing? So here's 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 the thing with that. So there's two things, two main uh, factors, and these are you know, <laughs> for most people, this is pretty much how you know the moral campus to their life. One is religion, and two is culture. And in, in religion, there's a verse that says, you know, uh, you know. Don't be afraid to have kids because a life, you know, a lot, you know, provides for life, this and that. And we, you know, we, you know, you know, we're very conservative culture. You know, a bunch of people were, you know, conservative culture. And then the other thing, it's the culture. So one, it's like, you know, because where our parents are from, that's why I said the mentality has changed. Now people have less and less kids, but where they're from, people would have up to like nine, ten kids, but not all of them made it to a certain, not even to twenty. Because there's just a lot of like the mortality rate was high, so if you're like just traumatized on that, so you want to have as many kids as possible, and that increased the number of survivors. But now, like it's it's decreasing, like people having less and less kids now, because now they know, okay, you know, U.S., you know, it's it, you know it's a better living condition, this and that. But you know, when you come first new, like they're not, they wasn't very trusting. That's one one way. The other is, you know, people realize this you know, thing where kids are beneficial to have. And one, like, especially if you're getting, you're getting government substances, you know, kids, kids can, you know, beneficial, maybe they can, you know. The it seems like a really toxic it. cycle to me. Right. It, it, it is, but we just, we're here to understand. And then, I mean, we, we all going to have our, you know, our preferences. You know, agreement, but what about agreement. a solution? Is there a solution? If if then, like, is there a solution to break the cycle? There is a solution. This this is the generation that's responsible to break that cycle because we know better. I'm tired of being responsible for stuff. We know better. <laughs> yeah, we know better. Like these these people came in with no education. They give you education. So you, they you, you set up the line to give us education. So we know better. So right, and you, to, you believe that this generation will be able to do that? And okay, two questions. Um, Wait, yeah. oh, hold on. Let me ask you two questions on that. One, do you think this generation will be able to break the cycle of this this crazy cycle that we're in, which is just keep producing kids, depend on the government, live in poverty, don't move like that cycle? 
And two, do you believe that if they do that, like they would lose like our sense of culture or sense of religion? Like, do you think all that would stay and we still break this cycle? Um, uh, the first question, I think this generation, it's, it's not a whether if they can, is they already doing it. Like I, I can name a number of people, mashallah, you know, uh, uh, you know, even like single mothers are doing wonderful things. They you are. know, this generation, mashallah, like, like the women are stronger, progressive, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, a lot of the men, we're, this generation is already, I mean, look at you two girls, you guys have a talk show to make sure that, you know, we can discuss topics like this in the community, yeah. hopefully to reach more and more people. Just mm-hmm. you two are you know, a prime example right away. So this generation, they're already going places. Women, you know, uh, are, you know, getting into, like, businesses. You know, they're selling clothing or, you know, mm-hmm. doing uh, beauty work, all kinds. They're, you know, they're setting themselves up. They're even you know, selling gold. Like, they're gold. You know, yeah, this, like I said, like, like, entrepreneurship is, like, a blow right now. It's, like, a big blow. You know, it's blowing up which is good. So it, it, it comes down to financial stability because because financial mm-hmm. stability can solve those problems. And you want to do that, it's education because you guys were educated. That's what I'm saying. That's the difference. You guys are educated people. You know better. That's why you're doing better. See what I mean? Yes. They didn't know better, our parents. Mm-hmm. But they had kids, and they made sure some of their kids, not all of them, I mean, they're doing better. Mm-hmm. You know, they they put in Bantu names out there. They and are. Right now, this I don't think there's ever been a better time to be a Somali Bantu person because it's I mean there's a lot of things to be proud about. Like even the soccer, yeah, even the soccer. soccer. Yeah, there's a lot of amazing. like I said, there's a lot of things. Young people doing great things. You know, whether yeah. it's the uh, the women, even even you know because even our like I said, our women are more progressive. Like we slowly we you know people allowing like. Fathers are allowing their daughters to go to college, even if it's out of, you know, things like that start to happen. We, you know, we're letting these women be free. We're letting these young people to, you know, express themselves. And then, it, you know, uh, as, as a result, this is what you see. You see, you know, uh, all these different, you know, social media pages, these different businesses that are going on. So I think this generation is already doing it. It, it might be a slow progress, but it, it's in progress. Mm-hmm. You know, it's in progress. So it's not a whether of the, can they do it. No, they are doing it. It's just whether it's how many, how many, like what's the number of people that are going to do it. So that's just the thing. Hopefully more and more people are doing it, you know, because the people that are doing it, hopefully you two, you girls are, you know, uh, encouraging other girls, you know, that are maybe finding that whatever the obstacle is, whether it's emotional or social or, you know, uh, Whatever the case is, like encouraging, that's how like we keep pulling each other, and then we all get to the top. Exactly. And I think it's happening, yeah. So it's, the, it's a proud moment to be Bantu right now. And the second part? So the second part, um, so you said the second part. Can you repeat that? Yeah, so I said as we, you know, get there, like by breaking this gener- generational cycle, um, will we be able to keep or sustain our culture, religion, and our norms? Or do you think that yes, that would um, be lost? I think, yeah, that's actually very important. I was just discussing this with a friend uh, earlier about it. So um, so some some of my personal concern is, like, that shouldn't be, like, a matter of what. That should be, like, a necessity. Like, you don't have to really compromise religion or culture to be progressive. 
Mm. You know, uh, it, it, you don't really have to compromise. Like the culture, you know, there are some things in the culture that are just, you know, not beneficial one way or the other. It's probably better off left in the past because those are out, out there. Out, it, it, you know, it's outdated. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It, it, it's time for a change. And then there are other things that they're good. They're, they're holding us together, you know. Like, you know, the way we go about marriage, it's probably outdated. Maybe we need to make do with that. Uh, that's the system we got going on. And then there are some things, you know, people taking, you know, giving their kids more Islamic education, this and that. You know, you, you, want, you, you want to be open-minded moving forward, but you also want to make sure that, you know, you're keeping your deen, you know, because it's important. At the same time, you, know, you don't want to lose yourself in the process of changing. You want to become someone better, you know, you're not necessarily you know, you're selling your soul to the devil or whatever. You want to just be a better person. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to compromise your deen. You know, you never have to compromise your being. Yeah, you never have to compromise your being. Sorry, guys. Well, you so, shouldn't so, have, or you shouldn't have to. And culture, like like I said, like culture, you know, culture is important. You know, even if, like, the people that are doing better, it, you have to have, you know, your kids have to know they came from somewhere, something they'd be proud of. It's like mm-hmm. We have to keep our Bantu culture because it's unique to us. If we don't keep it, and then one day we're not going to be around to tell the kids there, so they lose it forever and it's gone. And then it's not being written down. That's the scary part. But again, I want to be very clear there are some things in our culture that is very flawed. Mm-hmm. And those things we can make do without. I agree. You know, we don't have, I don't want to name those things right now, maybe for another time, but we can make yes, do without a few things. Yeah. Yeah, some. Or name them when we get off of this, because sometimes I don't know what y'all be talking about. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you. I think that was a good discussion. Honestly, that was a good, good, good way to start this conversation. Let's move on to just a another quick Q&A to finish this topic, and then we can go on to our other topic. Okay? All right. So for you, Abdul, I already asked you that. Never mind. It was just your main concern. The other one is how can we help the upcoming generation stay away from this, you know, gun violence? And- so um, I think it's education, you know, at an early age. Because I'm going to go back to what you said. Uh, I think it was me, either you or Halima, uh, you were talking about the environment, right? <laughs> And, yeah, uh, and you guys are right. People are a product of the environment, whether we like it or not. The only reason why I'm a Somali Bantu uh, Muslim is because I was raised by Somali Bantu people that are Muslim. Yes. That's why, because we are a product of the environment. The reason why some guy in India thinks the cow is a sacred thing is because he was raised in India. But he yeah. probably thinks what we believe it's, you know, it's idiotic. And the same thing you would think, okay, don't eat a cow. What do you mean? It's just like that, you know. So you're, the you're, the environment shapes us. Yes. But, you know, uh, like it, the environment is our reality. And to change the reality, I think the ideas have to change, which means like the ideas, like what we just talked about, education. Um, like we have to want to get out, first of all, you know, where we are. We can't be comfortable if it's doing damage. We can't be comfortable with the livelihood we're living if it's causing damage to our kids. And that means we have to want to, first of all, do better. We have to say, you know what? You know, we want to stop losing kids on the streets. 
you know, ask a question, how can we, you know, stop losing kids, you know, to gun violence or this and that? And then why are these kids going to, like, the question we just asked in the show, those are questions that need to be asked of the community, and then we can brainstorm, come up with things, and, like, investigate, see why, mm-hmm. how, mm-hmm. you know, uh, what, and then when. When is, like, now, as soon as possible, mm-hmm. we need to do something. Uh, and the main case for me is education, because, you know, education is, like, the soul of culture or society, you know, it, it, it Abdul? Kids age. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, you're good now. Yeah. So kids, I have to learn at the age, at the young age the importance of, uh, you know, financial freedom, the importance of, uh, you know, uh, maintaining culture, the importance of staying with Dean. And the parents, once we start to, you know, because we can teach them, you know, this like this generation, like what we're doing right now, we can teach those things. And one way is, you know, uh, like funding, like that's what we do. We 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 do these like sporting things. It's in a way for us to try to fight the you know the street violence to the young age, put them through soccer. They're going to be too busy between school and that, so they don't really have a lot of time to you know get involved with the street things uh, and things like that. So we have to keep them occupied to activities that are you know uh, that are set them up for you know a better future, a safer path mm-hmm. at least. We're not just talking about, you know, male, you know, teen. You know. Set up something, maybe a support group because, you know, we're probably going to get into it, but there's a lot of, like, neglect of teenage girls in our community. Oh, yes. Uh, the parents, they just, like, people don't don't understand that the way puberty was being handled back home and here it's different. It's got to be handled differently. And a lot of girls feel like they go into depression at an early age, and it's just it's not healthy. And then yeah. there's just a lot of other things that you know maybe we call another time. But yes, yeah, like I said, it's just different. a lot of education. Like we have to educate our kids at a young age and make them understand the importance. Of and I think that's that's a way out. Because mm-hmm. everybody made it out that way before us. The Italian did it, the Jewish, the Irish before us. If anybody studied sociology, that's how they got out. Everybody that came to the U.S., the Germans, the Polak, that's how they got out, through education and then financial stability. That's one, mm-hmm. financial stability. All right. And my final question, have you, um, this other question is just a personal question. You know anybody that's been killed by gun violence personally? Yes, actually, uh, more than a few, which is sad, really? for, me. It's sad for me to say that. Uh, like a lot of people, uh, about maybe three or four that I would tell you, just you know, two of them probably two or three, just in the state of Kentucky. You know, it's mm. it's more common than we think, and these are like sixteen. 19, 15, mm-hmm. you know, these two, these kids, yeah, it, it's sad, you know, it's sad to you that, so I'm like, you know, there's got to be something that we could do, mm-hmm. yeah, so personally, yeah, I've been, I've been affected by personally, actually, a close, you know, a kid, pretty much like a brother to me, I'm not going to mention here, but Allah, uh, mm-hmm. died of the gun violence, you know, uh, just a year ago, so it's, 
it's yeah, it's a sensitive subject for a lot of people because a lot of young people are, you know, we're losing them to the street, and now we have to figure out a way to get them off the street or never allow them into the street. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. What about you? Um, I don't think so. Um, I do, but not in the Bansu community, but just in general, he was in the dome. But I don't, I don't feel like it's that common here in Washington. But I do know that, especially in the East Coast, it's a lot because I in the South as well because I see it a lot on social media. I just that we can come to like a resolution soon and like just something that we can do for the community to prevent because the last thing you want is to see that your son your sister, your aunts, your uncles was killed by the hands of somebody else. And, you know, that's just something that nobody wants to read or see. Hopefully we can come to a common ground on how to... Yeah, I don't really know any Bantu people that lost to gun violence. Yeah, me neither. Definitely a Black guy, yeah. All right. So let's move on to our next topic. Thank you. Halima and Abdul for that. Um, we would definitely need to, hopefully, once we put this episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's your girl, Haro. And you girl, Halima. And welcome to Let's Talk Bantus. And we are recording a little girl chat here today for season three. This is our very first episode on season three. We just want to thank you guys for always listening to us, always tuning in, always giving us topics to talk about. And I'm going to have Halima take it away. Um, quick disclaimer, we do not mean to offend anybody. Um, basically, we're just speaking on our own personal experiences and our own viewpoints. And although research hasn't really been done, we've all lived lives, so we understand the things that we're talking about. And today we have special guests, SMH and my sister Holly. Okay, so the first topic we're going to talk about is vulnerability. And with that, I just want to say, like, um, how do you guys feel being vulnerable around your parents? Like, have you guys ever been able to, like, let's say you just had broke up with, like, a significant other. Like, have you guys ever been able to, like, cry to your parents about it and, like, talk to them about certain things? Like, you got to fight with your homegirls. Have you guys been able to be, like, vulnerable like that around your friends? I mean, your parents. Like, open? Just vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, personally, me and my mom, when I was younger, I used to cry to her about everything. Like, Shorty hates to see me cry, and I'm a big crybaby. So personally with my mom, I'm comfortable with telling her stuff. It's just that she'd be telling her friends and I'd be like, okay, yeah. So like now that I'm older, I know not to be like specific with no names, but like, it's crazy. Let me the first one to tell your business. Yeah, not my, on French. My mom will call my Fatuma like, I did you know how they would say, I think that's why a lot of the don't open up to their parents because their parents are so quick to go tell the next person their mm-hmm. business. You know that what I mean? True. They don't know how to keep it confidential. That's true. You know, so that's, that's probably why a lot of kids don't open up with their parents. Unless it's something like really deep and scary. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, like, would you guys open up to your parents about if you were ever like being touched by like a family member? Would you tell your parents? I would. You would. Yeah, I, would. Yeah. I would tell I my mom, like, but I wouldn't yeah. tell my dad about yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would tell my mom. And I'm going to call the police, too. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys feel like, you're, like so why not your dad, though? Because I'm just not as close to my dad. Like, I wouldn't yeah, have that conversation. You don't feel like he would be comfortable having that conversation uh-huh. with your mom. But yeah. I, yeah. My mom, like, me, her and I aren't as close as we used yeah. to be when I was younger. But I, that's something I'd definitely be able to tell her. Yeah. And she'd listen to me. Like, she'd, under, like, believe me. 
Yeah. And a lot of times, like, parents don't be believing their kids. They don't. Mm-hmm. My mom, especially when it comes them. to the Bento culture. Yeah, yeah especially, yeah, they just sweep me. it under the rug. And, and then she tell my dad, and my dad don't play about us, so. Well, that's good. Well, you guys have good parents. That's yeah, good. some people are blessed with good parents that understand. Um, yeah, I'm not going to talk about none of my business. But, uh, I mean, now that I'm older, probably, yeah. But I also feel, no, actually, no. I probably wouldn't tell them about it. About rape? Really, or both parents? Mm-mm. I don't really tell them about stuff like that because it's more like... You feel like they would blame you? Yeah, no, it's just that I don't like ignore. telling people my business. You know what I mean? Like, I'll tell people my business. Like, if it's something I'm comfortable with, like... Oh, I don't it's care closing. if anybody knows this, that, and that. Yeah. But like, but other rape? Things, huh? But rape? No. That's something different. Yeah, trauma, baby. Mm. Trauma. I don't know. I don't talk about like serious things with most people because I like to keep shit to myself yeah. for the most part. That's like, not especially good. if it's serious. It's fun. Yeah. I'm yeah. cool with being the only person that knows it, you know? And that's when he eats your ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, <laughs> M number two. But, um, yeah. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, okay, so it seems like you happy you guys would tell your parents, or at least your mom. Most of y'all. You guys seem like you'll be okay. I tell my mom everything mom. else. I, I just feel like when it comes to, like, rape and stuff, I feel like if I won't call the police about it, or if it's, like, something that I know is going to do too much within the community, I would tell other people just to warn them about it. But, like, I wouldn't be, like, I wouldn't let it out because you know like you said you know how bantu people be like especially if it's a homeboy of theirs they're not gonna be like oh shoot yeah you're gonna be oh you she wanted it even because yeah, like, even if my even if my mom believes you can take it to the next level because even if my mom believes me like the mother folks are gonna be like really why does your daughter like like that mm, yeah. okay but their opinions don't matter it, don't. it doesn't but it just be too much so because of it being too much you're just gonna keep it aside yeah, I'll just warn the rest of y'all. I'll be like, yeah, yeah, stay the fuck around away from that nigga. Hmm. But then again, it's just some shit that happened to me when I was younger, and I don't really like talking about it. So I just be, I just Keep be like, yeah, that's fine. Well, the, it's not. The nigga fine. gonna die anyways. Like he can talk to God about I'm it. Put in the graves. <laughs> <laughs> Inshallah. <Okay. laughs> <laughs> can I pray God his Okay, so how do you guys feel about being vulnerable around your significant other? Like, would you cry to your boyfriend or girlfriend or husband about something going on yes. in your life? I cried yeah. to my nigga about everything. I, I could have dropped, I could have dropped some I lemonade. To. I'll be like, nigga, what the fuck? I, I feel to. like if you don't, it would just ruin the relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, I have to. I'm like 50-50. I feel right. like I don't know. I just feel like I, I'm not like. I feel like because he would see me as somebody who's like strong and yeah. like mm-hmm. I take care of my family and everything, so being vulnerable, he might like see. I, I feel but like I feel he probably like see me differently. At the same time. Right. It, it is, is very unhealthy. It is. I feel like yeah. you should be able to cry because me, I am like my boyfriend probably's never like seen me cry, cry, but like he seen me and like upset. But like mm-hmm. me, I wouldn't just like, oh my gosh, I want to cry so bad. Let me just cry while this man's here. Mm, no. Yeah. I would wait for him to leave because, like, he doesn't see me like that kind of person. Like, sen- not like sensitive, but like, like a crybaby. Like, yeah. you don't see me as like somebody that just cry over like inconvenient things or whatever. Mm. So it's like mm. that's something that I'm gonna do in the privacy. Of, but would you like, cry about serious stuff? I mean, because like I feel like some cry over serious stuff, like sudden. death and stuff. Yeah, like I would cry over sudden. like death and stuff. But it's like just something like if I was to go through something and I'm like I don't know cause I feel like, like inconveniences even that, I feel like I just go cry in my car and then come back like Ooh. I'm cool like I don't know is he okay with that like has he ever said to you like you know why are you not vulnerable around me yeah he's fine 
but like I just <laughs> I myself just the way that I was raised mm -hmm. I was raised with tough love so it's like I'm the type of person I have to like vent to somebody about my feelings. Like I have to let you know how I'm feeling, what's bothering me, and all that. I don't know. I feel like if I cry, then it's like deep, deep. And when you're venting, you start crying. When you're venting, you start crying. It depends on what it is. Yeah. If it's like really like deep, then yeah, I start crying. But if it's like not deep, I don't like to cry in front of people. I cry ugly. Cry my mood. Honestly, I used to be a crybaby when I was younger, and people always be like, damn, Halima cries too much. So, I try not to cry in front of people, but after a while, like, I really can't control that shit. Yeah. And it's like, it's whatever. Like, if you see me cry, you're gonna see me cry like I'm human. It's Yeah, I feel like if someone ever happen. saw me cry, like, it's really deep. Because I don't better just let it out. Something yeah. sudden. Okay. But, yeah, I don't just go around crying around anybody. Um. What about your siblings? Uh, would you guys be vulnerable around oh. your brothers and sisters? My oh, siblings is my big. That's What about your brothers? Mm -hmm. you guys, your brother, yeah? Mm -hmm. You? Yeah. I think it's because all my siblings oh, are younger oh. than me, and it's kind of like, mm, yeah, I'll cry in front of Maybe not my oldest sister. I can't be vulnerable around my siblings. My I need siblings, my older sister. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't trust my older sister, too. No. My siblings know, like, that... Like, if I cry, then, again, it's something deep. Like, I don't mm -hmm. just cry for no reason. So, my siblings, like, crying around them, that's gang. So, it's like, Period. if I cry around them, they're not going to look at me like, mm -hmm. oh, like, she's this weak bitch. No, no this bitch <laughs> crying. <laughs> <laughs> no, they would say something like that, my younger siblings. That's why I wouldn't cry for them. Oh, wow, they're sick. I beat their ass up. But I also think it's the relationship that you have with your siblings. Yeah, I feel like true. if you yeah. have a certain relationship with your siblings, then you're able to cry around them and they can comfort you. But then if you have this relationship with them where, like, you're, you act like you're the big dog or, like, mm. or stuff like that. Mm. So then when you cry, they're like, oh, look at that weak bitch. Yeah. Like, but then it's true. like, if you know you can be vulnerable around me, I can be vulnerable around you, then it's like, whatever. Yeah. I just feel like some people are just not raised to be, like, affectionate with one another. Like, me and my siblings. That's true. Like, me and my brothers. I'm really close with my brothers. But, like, my sisters, we've never been raised to be, like... Mm. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you going through something? Like we we didn't have the type of relationship, so I feel like they wouldn't be vulnerable around me, you know. But like my brothers, like we're like really really close, so they would cry around me. They would tell me their issues, their problems, mm -hmm. and all that because I like told them like you can come to me, you can talk to me. Like I've nurtured them that way, mm -hmm. so it's really we have that we have that like relationship, but not my sisters. What about your friends? Do you guys feel like you can cry to your friends? Man, I feel like I'm very vulnerable by my friends. Like, yeah, I have started yeah, bawling. a lot. How do you even say that way? But my feelings. Like, I'm yeah, telling you, like, what I'm going through. What is wrong? You have not been giving us your opinion. You haven't yeah, given a single one. <laughs> 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 she knocks her head. What about your friends? Can you cry to your friends? No. No? <laughs> but you have never tried to, like, that's a friend. That should be safe. That's true. That's true because. But I feel like you have, like, sisterhoods. Like, you want to cry around, like, really close to somebody. No, it's our sister. Yeah, and her friend. They are my friend. But I won't. It's just, I you just, know, you I feel. Yeah, what about I me? Feel, you want to cry around me? No. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> but even, even, like, even though you know we wouldn't take it back to anybody, you still want to cry? I don't think she's going to cry in front of her. I don't know. I feel that. I feel the thing about crying in front of people. Yeah. But I feel like you you tell like your problems, what you're going through, but you might not cry, but you do tell. I don't like crying in front of my parents either. Them niggas will make you feel like. Not really, because to be honest, I'm the type of person that like to keep shit to themselves. I'm going to somehow handle it on my own. Yeah, exactly. I don't like to talk about it because I like to like keep it in and then I talk to God about it. And then we figure out a solution because. Because everybody's different. Yeah. God probably like, girl, go cry to somebody. 
And it's not because I don't want to vent to my friends because, you know, sometimes I just be feeling like, damn, who can help me? Nobody. You know, so. like, mm. venting sometimes I don't want to bother them. Type shit. Like, better too. Oh. Exactly, yeah. exactly. It'll make, it don't always make it yeah. better. Because then you'll vent and cry and all this, and then you'll walk away and be like, damn, I shouldn't have told that bitch that. Mm-hmm. Like, so it'll be, be like, like that. And then some people put it against you. Yeah, some people put it against you. Like, I've had that happen to me. Like, I was just like, damn. That's why I'm very picky about my friends. Very picky about And I don't just throw that friendship word around. Yeah, don't ever be friends with my friends. My friends have never done that to me, too. And that's because I don't just to all my friends. Hi, I went to everybody. Nobody has anybody. I don't give a fuck. Personally, it's kind of like if I also if I hear it from somebody else, that's like, oh, Halima was crying about this, that, and that. I'm gonna be like, damn, that's crazy. You know about that too? <laughs> like, bitch, I'm human. I don't give a fuck what you know about me. Hear it three more times, nigga. Anyways, that's why I used to keep it to myself. Now, niggas just got me talking to everybody. I think it's easier for me to not cry about my friends, too, because I don't talk about sensitive stuff that's, like, going to put me in my bag. Mm -hmm. I just avoid the whole conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Just skip over it. Okay. Well, that's that's it for that segment. We're going to move on to wedding culture and your opinions. Well, first, I want to say, how do you guys feel about this, the wedding culture period in the Somali Bantu community? I think that wedding culture isn't even about like the wedding and the like or the, culture, the union right? of you like other people the you right and the union of like two people like being in love and stuff. It's a not. niggas cheat the night before their wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into it. Stop. Like, uh, yeah, like, and yeah, then a couple hours. And then it's like <laughs> another thing is like for the women, it's not even like oh yeah, I like this dress, I want to wear it because I want it to mean something. It's like oh, what did that bitch wear to her wedding? Oh, I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna try to one up that. That's bitch. why everybody looks the same. And it's like yeah. now you're spending, everybody looks the same. Everybody looks the same. And now you're spending all of this. It's like they just take what the other person was wearing to the and, vendor and, and they're like can i get this in red can i get yeah. this in orange yeah and you know? then it's like now you're spending all this money on dresses and stuff they're gonna wear for one night when one you could have put all that money mm-hmm. towards catering towards a bigger venue towards like mm-hmm. you know like decorations and stuff but no you want to spend because why all our decorations look the same like i know y'all be seeing other people have chandeliers yeah, when they walk in the like why all like red gold why why is it all the same why is why only the tables is decorated and the place where the bride's gonna be like the entire venue needs to be decorated and then you know and then let's get into the fact that y'all are bantu so what is the reason for you to be coming to your wedding in a Hindi outfit? Like, I what never understood that. that. I'm like, actually, I'm wearing my Hindi outfit. I think that is not. I'm wearing my Hindi outfit. I'm wearing my Hindi outfit and my Nigerian outfit. Nigerian and stuff I get because it's like it's Africa. Whatever, you know? But like it's Africa and it's but it's Africa and a lot of people like especially Africa though. But why do the Nigerians get upset about it? The Nigerians get upset about it because they don't like say oh it's from a Nigerian culture. They try to say it's their culture. That's why when you take something and you make try to make it yours, that's why. Offensive. I just feel like the Hindi thing is corny. Like it's not your culture. Yeah, Hindi is not even like, anywhere near you. I just I think it's it's so corny. Well, I think and I then let's and then let's talk about how everybody's starting <laughs> to do the Ethiopian dances now. I like, don't like what that either. And that's like, let's not get into it. Stop. <laughs> no, I feel like that's so the dance is whatever. But it's just the and if you really sit down and think about it in a way, Bantus are kind of nomads. Like y'all don't really have like a real. I was gonna say that. I was like, we don't really have culture clothes. Yeah. Like the Latina doesn't belong to us. It belongs to Mali. That's why they take it's like, we don't, what are we going to wear? Talking about that, my culture. Snapchat last night and none of y'all watched my story. You talking for too long, honey. 
it's way too way long. Way too long. <laughs> well, it was two stories, and I was just talking. I was just talking about. Can we have a one that's like Somali? No, Bantu. Bantu is not Somali. Bantu is worldwide in yeah. Africa. Oh, that's true. TikTok's so Bantu's Exactly. Bantu is that. They're going to be like, that's my shit. Girl. Yeah, no. Bantu's are definitely nomads. Because y'all don't really have a real home. Like, Kenya? Like, come on. Let's get serious. And Somalia. Somalia Girl. Technically, Somalia is Somalia a home. Somalia belongs to Kenya. Kenya's don't even claim us. Because we don't speak Somali. Somali belongs. I mean, Somalia belongs to Somalia. Now, the real question is, where the fuck do Somalia people come from? Because Somalia belongs to us. They were everywhere. No, Somalia did belong to us. My grandmother be telling me these stories about how her family had, like, they've lived in Somalia their whole lives. So, like, when the Somali government came in right before the war and they were, like, forced to leave and they were, like, raping and murdering people, it was so wild to them because it's like, y'all, we've been living here forever and y'all never had an issue with it. What was that president's name? But when they came in, they was like, yeah, no, we're going to take this land back. And it's like, well, okay, cool, but... When the Italians came into Tanzania and started, you know, enslaving people, and people finally got free, and they went to the Juba River, nobody said nothing. And now y'all want the land back? So with my grandma, I feel like I understand when she talks about it, like, oh, you know, Somalia is home, but, like, she won't claim it anymore because yeah. of it. And I feel like it still makes us nomads because the fact that they took it away from y'all, mm-hmm. And like nobody now really you don't have it. a home exactly, and nobody right. fought now against it. Now you don't it. have no home. So. But then again, it's, it was kind of like these niggas are like farmers and shit, and it's the whole government coming from what's that place called? Northern Somalia, all the way to South Somalia, telling y'all, yeah, we're gonna take this land. Y'all figure that shit out. But uh, that's wild. Yeah, wedding culture is. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm gonna show you how it's huh? done when how I get you feel married. About it? I saw Honestly, you don't like the Indians. Yeah, yeah. yeah I just, that's my opinion, though. I the feel Hindus like that's kind of general. The Nigerians, they be hitting. <laughs> they do be hitting. <laughs> I'm going to do my wedding very differently. And I'm not talking like cop a bitch type of different. I'm just going to do it the way I want it. That's what I did. And the way I would like it. Yeah. As long as I I'm a very organized person. I like to organize things. Well, I'm not a very organized person. But when it comes to organizing an event, I like it to be organized. I like to know what's happening, when it's happening, mm-hmm. how it's happening. And I feel like the only thing that's like organized about like a Bantu wedding is like, okay, the outfits that you spend $1,600 on. And then the and venue, and then the, the venue is like no. the venue is like a little bit decorated, and then everything else is just a mess. And you just have random people show up. People fight. You could have fought all day. All then you want to fight on my wedding. Like, everybody, all like literally everybody in the U.S. came to fucking Seattle or some shit. Niggas from Nashville talking about they're gonna fight another Nashville nigga. Why didn't you just Seattle fight them? Right. Y'all both live in Nashville. Right. Why did you come to Seattle Makes to fight? No you booked the whole ticket just to fight. They're just gonna do invitation only. Right. That's why I like. I think you should do invitation only. And I don't like how they bring them little ass kids. Like, why yeah. are you bringing a one year old? Yeah. Stop right. bringing kids to weddings. Stop kids to weddings. Little ass kids are busting ass shooting. Boogers going down the house. Everything. I feel like y'all need to feed y'all guests. Y'all need to stop bringing kids to the wedding. And when I say feed your guests, it's not just water. Like, why do y'all bring cans? I think that one thing. I think that one thing that's gonna be very important at my wedding is invitations. Like, that's gonna be super important. Mine's gonna be invitation and food. I'm not gonna tell y'all too much because. I don't really get, want to give Holly up my... Holly can cater. Ah, some people start about it. Holly can cater. But I'm definitely going to do catering and I'm definitely going to do invitations because it's like, if you're not invited, why are you here? Mm-hmm. For what? Yeah. To fight somebody, take that shit I don't know else. you from like, nowhere. Exactly. And then it's like, I'm going to be spending way too much money 
on my wedding for you to just ruin it by fighting. Like, no. And then let's talk about... It's not even the bride's clothes. It's the guest, too. Y'all need to dress up. Let's talk about jeans on, backpacks. Musty. You didn't think to shower? You smelling like must. And bounce that ass. Like, it is not okay. They be coming drunk. My wedding, I wanted it to be all girls, but then my mom was like, we have other guests that want to come, like boys. That's the other thing about people. So I didn't have a choice to, like, make it how I wanted it. No, boys is cool. You got to meet your husband. She's getting married, nigga. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what people have said. Yeah, so I want her to be all the girls. But then my mom was like, you know, there's boys that she wants to. Yeah, I do have a, like I do that. have a topic like, about that. Yeah, I feel like when, when we coming into the wedding, yeah. I feel like. Okay, y'all gonna mix y'all weddings, right? People will be like, oh, I don't, I don't, I just want a nikah. I don't no. want a big wedding. No. A bitch like me, I'm trying to meet my husband. What you doing making that wedding small as fuck? <laughs> and another thing, <laughs> and another thing, um, I feel like a lot of people, when it comes to the wedding, like people do not care about the nikahs. So the nikah would just be whatever the fuck. It'd be parents mostly. Yeah, the nikah be, mm-hmm, like the nikah be like whatever the fuck. And then the wedding, like the one thing the girls can control. The weddings be so ass even after you control it because your DJ does not fuck with you. God. You got your cousin, you got your uncle DJing. This nigga's like, no, we're not going to put on no DJ. Go, we'll put on the That made me so mad. Like, why you are playing DJ? Come on, we have to request this DJ. Put on Nipa Nipa. I'm going to make my own list of music that I wanted. I gave it to him. Like, back in the day, people used to make a whole list of music. Yeah, that's what you said. They don't listen. They still don't really, like, play it. They would not play the playlist. You're like, Nina's wedding. Like, like, you no, because if I give you a list of songs and you don't play my music, okay, now I'm gonna have my brother record be the dj or something nah. what am i paying you for and those djs will literally fight you about some shit you can walk up like i remember whose wedding was it there was a wedding um the bride was like can you go tell him to put this song on i walked up to that and i was like you talk about the one that went, happened here no i don't think so okay. it, was, it was before you came I and was, i walked up to the niggas and i was like oh shorty said she wants this um burner boy song on this nigga was like go sit down that's none of your business <laughs> wow. I, I, that was the bride's business nigga <laughs> Like y'all, yeah, y'all DJs true. are ass. Y'all really need to and figure that out. And then let's cut out them little corny ass performances. Like, oh my on. god, like why performances? I like them. Not when it's a show. I'm looking enough like that nigga be no. like, Ooh, I feel like, like yeah. I feel like there's just not enough energy in the performance for me. Like, well, yeah, just cut it out. Like, I feel it like it's a little bit. I don't like bit the little kids be performing. That too. Like the one that's so cute though. No, it's not cute. No, it's taking up time. It's like a talent show. I think the intro thing is cute. Like that's really cute. Do your little intro, do your little dancey dance. But then it's like, okay, let's talk about Kelly people. Because why do y'all do that? <laughs> because it's real quick. No. My personal opinion about weddings is that if anything, your wedding isn't really for you, it's for the people. I feel like once people start really realizing that, because people's parents will be like, this, that, and the third for your wedding. And you're going to be mad about it because you're like, oh, it's my wedding. Mm-hmm. Your mama don't give a fuck that's your and you, wedding. And if you can't afford to have a big wedding, it's okay. Like You, you can don't have to have one. It's okay to have a small wedding. You it can is. literally save all of that money to put towards you and your husband's future. Mm-hmm. I feel like everyone's so focused on one-upping the next person. Yeah. It's like, first right. of all, this is a one-night thing. Yeah. So make it special for yourself. Exactly. Who cares about what the internet thinks? Who cares about what mm-hmm. she and him have to say? Like People's going to talk about you regardless. Have a big wedding. Have a little wedding. They don't care. They're still gonna talk about you. So it's like make it memorable for yourself. What are you me? But if you're gonna have a big one, you might as well get lit. Laugh. Let us get lit. Don't smile. One thing about me, I'm a goofy ass bitch, so I'm gonna laugh. 
Mm-hmm. And I don't wedding. like how bitches that don't like you be showing up to your wedding. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's why oh, I'm yeah. having yeah. invitation. That never made sense to me at all. Let's talk about why? that. Why like, were you watching this girl coming, all year? Like, you're coming to her Right, and then you, you show up to her wedding. And then people to dress up, people's always on that wedding. Oh. Yeah, and then, then they want to compete with the bride. Right, and the people's always on that. <laughs> on that, you're trying to compete with the bride. They go to their exes. Right? I heard that. I, I heard, heard that's normalized in like the bride. When somebody said, Why are you guys trying to compete with the bride? They were like, Why are you being insecure? Like, like if you wasn't insecure, why do you care about how another girl To be honest, if it's, if it's, it's my wedding day, I, I am front and center. I'm the center exactly. of attention. I do not exactly. care what you have why on. Are you trying to come it's not your day, it's my day. If anything, I'm probably not even going to see you because there's so many people here. So it's like, What am I worried about you one upping me for? Imagine. That's why bitches walk up to you, walk up to the fucking table. I mean to me I'm not gonna feel like oh that bitch went up to me I don't care that's your opinion like I'm not worried about none of that so I feel like a lot of people is worried about oh that bitch is gonna try to one up me like first of all why is bitches that don't like you at your wedding this is why people need to do invitation and then people People like to let their parents get in <laughs> their ear, like. Happy day, cousin. People like to let their parents get in their ear, like, oh, so and so's your family. They need to yeah, come y'all to need your to wedding. stand up. Y'all oh, need to please. stop letting your mamas, your daddies, everybody run your wedding. It's your wedding at the end of the day. And I don't like when people be like, oh, I don't have a choice. You do have a choice. Like at the end of the day, it's your wedding. No, your husband is paying crazy. for you. It doesn't matter how crazy they are. They're not gonna kill you. A no is a no, and that's it. Like you, y'all have a, a choice, and I feel like a lot of girls. Just I know some mamas. Uh-uh. Shorty got mad. She canceled everything. She left with her husband. Period. A no is they a no. Her wedding? Yeah, she told what the wedding? DJ leave. This one girl. Too. Period. She's um the girl. And the one girl here. That one girl here. That was supposed oh. to. Yeah. And she said, I'm not having it. Like, everybody. Uh, look, look, what's what's it? Yeah. <laughs> she said, I'm not having it. And people, you remember that hole that nobody was mm-hmm. at, the bride and groom wasn't there? Which one? Was it this year? It was like a year ago, I think. Like two yeah, years ago? Last year, yeah. Um, the hall was already rented and everything, but damn. her parents started acting oh, up and she just said, I'm not coming. And I like that. Like, if people start acting up, like, you're in control of your own wedding. You know? Can we this real quick? What happened? Wrong side. Anyway, so that's how everybody feels about wedding culture. Basically, more of the story is people feel like it's a whole lot of um, culture vulture going around. People stealing other people's culture. It's a lot of people inviting people to their weddings or not doing non-invites. That's just messy and like really ghetto. People just showing up, people fighting, all that stuff. People bringing their kids to the wedding. Like, why is your kid tied on your back during a wedding? Like, that's just very ugly. So, yeah. People coming with different colors on. Let's stop doing that. Right. Like, I feel like if somebody has their venue set up a certain color, show up in that color. If you don't have that color, go and buy the color. But that's a bride Especially for the bride to tell family. family. Yeah. Oh, my for God. Just dress formal. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, like, dress nice. And, like, let's formal. not come yeah, and, like, color you looking dirty. Get. Like, yeah. with, like, that's a, not raggedy, cool. right. a raggedy bati on. Yeah. Like, you could have at least tried. Like, you had all day to go shopping. That is so cool. Yeah, I don't like the bati thing. I don't like the bati thing. Unless you're about to start shaking your ass. Yeah. Please. Like, don't show up. Bati like a thing. I feel like we need to stop doing that whole shaking ass to the floor, all that stuff. Like, I don't really like that. I don't like that. I don't like that. I love that shit. 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 I love
And you got Halima. And welcome to Let's Talk Bantus. And we are recording a little girl's chat here today for season three. This is our very first episode on season three. We just want to thank you guys for always listening to us, always tuning in, always giving us topics to talk about. And I'm going to have Halima take it away. Um, quick disclaimer, we do not mean to offend anybody. Um, basically, we're just speaking on our own personal experiences and our own viewpoints. And although research hasn't really been done, we've all lived lives, so we understand the things that we're talking about. And today we have special guests, SMH and my sister Holly. Hey, 